Blog Talk Radio. It's that time again. Time for some real talk about real issues to enhance your real life. Whatever you think, whatever you know, whatever you feel, Maya doesn't mind talking about it. Get ready for some talk that is always rated to R. Because talk with Tanya has got to be relevant. Talk with Tanya has got to be refreshing. But most importantly, talk with Tanya has got to be real. Tune in right now for real talk with Tanya and Wyatt.
welcome to day two of Girl You Can Win a Week. I am your host, Tanya White, and as you can tell, I am just deliciously excited, as my friend Catrice Jackson would say. Listen, day two of Girl You Can Win a Week. Last night was day one. We had a magnificent show with Layla Hathaway, R&B songstress, daughter of legendary Donnie Hathaway, and we also had an interview with Michelle McKinney Hammond, best-selling author of 30 books such as Get a Love Life, What to Do Until Love Finds You, and The Diva Principle, and so many much more. But tonight we have a sensational show, and we're talking about, girl, you can win at giving a winning radio interview. This is just a special show for those of you who are just turning in and you're thinking, why is Real Talk on Tuesday instead of Thursday? We're on all this week because... To kick off Women's Month and to celebrate my fourth book, Girl, You Can Win, the 10 highly the ten highly essential habits of a winning woman. I'm trying to calm myself down. Uh, but you can get that book at TanyaWhite.com, Amazon.com. Tonight, if you get it at TanyaWhite.com, you will receive a free complimentary, complimentary download of an inspirational uh, teaching I've did a few years ago called It's Worth the Fight. So when you order Girl You Can Win via TanyaWhite.com, we will email you that download audio of It's Worth the Fight. Listen, tomorrow we have the just the wonderful British Hill, and she's going to talk about, girl, you need to invest in a life coach. And we will also have uh, Kendra Norman Bellamy, Essence bestselling author. She's going to be boasting about her book, uh, 15 years, but tonight we have the sensational Charvette Mitchell, who's going to give us some practical and profound tips about how to give a winning interview uh, before, what to do before, during, and after the interview. And then I, and I boast about your book segment. We have the dynamic Dewan Abrams, and she's going to talk about her wonderful new book that just released this month also called my mother's child. So stay tuned. I want you to call in if you have questions for Charvette or uh, Dewan. Call us at 347-215-6446. We're going to go right into our interview with Charvette Mitchell. Now, if you are on Blog Talk any uh, Tuesday night at 6 p.m., you need to tune in to the Charvette Mitchell show. Her show is just a wonderful. It is designed to motivate, to excite, and to influence you. She has the best, the biggest, the brightest stars, preachers, pastors, artists, musicians. She gets it all, y'all. And if you like Real Talk with Tanya White, then we are admirers of the Short Vet Mitchell Show. We learn the best nuggets and tools and benchmark them and dip it in real talk uh, because she is just simply the best on blog talk if you have not listened to her show i command you i challenge you yeah i challenge you to listen every tuesday night at 6 p.m right here on blog talk so we're going to bring her on because she is sensational at what she does and she has some profound nuggets on how to help you win at radio interviewing so without further ado, we'd like to welcome Miss Charvette Mitchell to the Real Talk with Tanya White show. Hello, Miss Charvette. How are you? Hello, 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 Tanya. Thank you so much for having me. 
thank you for being here. Listen, you're going you're gonna, to uh, let us shine as a radio interviewers and when we're on these shows. You're going to help yeah. us do that. But before we get started, I love asking people to tell us who you are in your own words. Okay, I am Charvette Mitchell, and I am the host of the Charvette Mitchell Radio Show, which you so graciously already gave the listeners wonderful nuggets about that show. Um, I am also the owner of Mitchell Productions, and I create websites and other online marketing tools, and I call myself a media coach as well. Um, So I'm just excited. I am a person that likes to help people. I'm a creative person. My degree is in marketing, and I am on this social networking thing, and I am just loving the ride and love connecting with people like yourself that are just moving forward. So that's a little bit about me. Listen, you are the top model of (laughs) radio hosting. I'm serious. When when we first started this show, uh, we launched in 09, but in 08 we were, you know, researching, doing some pre-shows. Your show popped out at us, and I said, I need to model and learn and benchmark some nuggets, dip it in real talk. Wow. But you were the premier person that we looked to uh, to for show format, how to conduct the show. So this is so fitting tonight oh. uh, to have you on the show. Didn't know you were a media coach, but now... It makes the connection. Yeah. How long have you? How long have you been in a media, and having your own business? Well, I've had a Mitchell production since two thousand six, uh, and really kicked up in two thousand seven. So it mainly was the web design piece. But of course, once I got into the radio hosting, which was two thousand eight. Um, just naturally, you know, people would ask questions or guests that were coming on the show would ask, you know, how can I do uh, a better interview? What should I be doing? So then you kind of spin yourself into a media coach. And as I research on the Internet, there's not a lot out about how to even do an interview. There's not a lot out about coach, about hosting shows and, and any of that. So um, it just kind of naturally evolved. Yes. Now, and I, I have a theory about that, Charvette, because mm-hmm. we're living in a time where everybody just does what they want. Yes. Uh, and, you know, we call it entertainment. <laughs> yes. Everybody has their own standards. Yes. As long as they have an audience and people are tuning in, you know, that makes a lot of people experts and stars mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think that's why there's not a lot, because there's not a good handle uh, on what is standard. Uh, in media, uh, proficient yeah. media execution. Listen, now let let me. T- when I say you get the biggest, the brightest, and the best, you you've gotten a lot of people that I have learned from. I've been my life has been transformed. Um, one of the most, and I've been trying to get her is Pastor Susie Owens is yes. a mentor from afar. Yeah, I, I was looking at uh, one. When she was on Woman Die Loose when it first started, yes, and I was struggling with my call as a preacher. Mm. And when I saw her full figure, shoes off, teaching from the Old Testament, I said, "Okay, I yes, that's what I'm supposed to be doing." How do you get the biggest, the brightest, and the best? Um, what is your approach? Because as I, I've learned, mm-hmm. you have to uh, approach them, approach people to come on your show. Yes, um, very delicately. Mm-hmm. And very professionally. 
So you know what, Tanya, um, one thing that has really, really helped me is the social networking. So I have found that if the media contact um, or the manager or the assistant, um, if their information is on a website, on a social networking site, that that has been beneficial to me in getting most of the big people. Every now and again, I may know someone that goes to a church and say, can you give me the assistance? You know, mm-hmm. telephone number. But most of the case, most of the time, I am using social networking, online, um, you know, research to find a contact, and then I'm and then I'm reaching out and just giving, sharing the opportunity of having them come on the show. So it's no, you know, some people say, how did you get this one, and how did you get it? Who do you know? You must know mm-hmm. somebody. There's no special person in my back pocket. You know that, and there are no special strings. I'm I'm pulling, you know, to get people. It is. The favor of God, let me say that very clearly, the favor of God. And then if their contact information is available, um, a lot of times they're open and willing. Yes, the favor of God is very fundamental. But you've got to fix your stuff and have it right because oh, yeah. they are going to check you out. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and you have your stuff together. I want to stress that part, too. Yes, yes. Thank <laughs> Just you. Just say, come on my show. I have a. I've had some people uh, contact me even mm-hmm. and say, "I want you to be on my show." And I ask them, "Okay, what do you want me to talk about?" I don't know, just whatever. And then <laughs> I've had people call me to ask to be on my show, and they don't know what they want to talk about. Oh. So <laughs> I've heard, I've seen it on both sides. <laughs> yes. Now give us. Okay, you you say you do media coaching, and you wanted mm-hmm. to talk about what to do. Uh, to give a winning radio interview, yeah. what should you do before? This is the okay. person who is you're you're giving you you're uh, not the host, but you're right. actually okay. So the interviewee, right, so someone, an author, an artist, a business coach, a life coach, people that are pursuing uh, radio interviews, whether it's Internet-based or if it's local in their traditional uh, radio stations in their local towns, these these tips apply to all of that. Mm -hmm. So one of the first things that you need to do before an interview is you need to make sure you have good web presence. Mm. Can, can so, you say that once? Because that's exactly what I was just thinking. Yeah, it, it is so critical. It is so critical that you have web presence. And what do I mean by that? A website that is up to date. Your bio is up to date. Your gigs are up to date. So if you have engagements or things that you have, you put a calendar, you know, the calendar shouldn't have 2007 dates. It should have 2010 dates. Um, you should have a professional digital picture not a cell phone picture. I had a guest. Come a on, girl. <laughs> a guest sent me a cell phone picture with her shades on that she snapped with her cell phone, and I had to use that for my marketing of my show. So okay, let me let me start right there. <laughs> and that is the truth. I God be my witness. <laughs> I know it's the truth. Now this is my pet peeve too. Yes. The 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 pictures with the Sunday go to meeting hats. Well, what, what does I mean, it take on that? And, and I'm not talking about if you're taking, uh, uh, like you're a pastor or something. Right, right. Uh, I'm talking. I'm, I'm talking about authors and artists, and I'm thinking that doesn't yeah. fit the bill. Yeah, uh, for a digital, and I'm my pet peeve is definitely around pictures as well. Um, for a digital picture, number one, a digital picture, not a scanned in picture, um, but a picture that you get on a disc 
or that is on your computer is the most critical. And, you know, rule of thumb, you know, not too wild, kind of be in the middle, not too casual, not too wild, but in the middle kind of business. You can be a little jazzy because my, one of my pictures has some little red fur on it. I don't know. I hope right. Peter don't contact me. With, I don't <laughs> think it's real. But, you know, it, it, be in the middle. Don't be too extreme. But the the reason why this is important because a lot of hosts, and this is, again, whether you're talking about Internet radio or if you are talking about the Michael Bayston show because he does put pictures during his podcast on his website of authors and media people that he's had on. So your picture can be used in the promotion of your show and your interview, so you want to make sure it's something that whoever the host is or the show or the program that they want to use it. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to use it. So make sure your web presence is together. Yes. Now, and this is another pet peeve about the website. Mm-hmm. Um, how can I say this delicately? Mm-hmm. What is your take on these Ming websites as opposed to uh, a professionally done website? Is I think Michael- the Ning, yeah, I'm on I'm on probably 16 or 17 other Ning sites mm-hmm. myself. Um, I think the Ning sites are fine. I okay. think that if they because they they are they give you web presence. Okay. Um, you know, they're, and they have templates that are sleek and clean. So I am fine with that. I'm fine if, if, if your budget is low and you only can do a blog, right. you know, and that's your web presence. I've seen authors do that. I'm fine with that. I think the main thing is that you have web presence. So if they go into Google and put your name in, they can find you online because listeners, as they're listening to you on the radio, they want to be able to find you. So a telephone number is not just is not good enough. Giving out an email address is not good enough online. People expect to be able to find you. They hear your name. They hear about your book. They hear about your product or whatever you have. They expect to be able to log into Google and find you. Tanya, did you know that 74% of adults, American adults, use the Internet continuously? Yes. So it's an expectation that you have web presence. And, and I'm okay if you have to – some people, if they don't have a budget and all they have is a MySpace – I'm okay with that because yeah. MySpace is ranked very high in Google. Just make sure it's clean and and the information is up to date. Contact information, bio, picture, and you're good to go. Yes, um, and when I, I take it a step further, and because um, I do a lot of uh, consulting with preachers, pastors, mm-hmm. and that's one thing I stress that their church needs to have a web presence. Oh, you are right down my alley. I'm actually teaching a seminar on Saturday at a women's retreat, and the seminar is called Greater Works uh, Technology and Ministry. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it is It is like uh, 35%, uh, 30% of Americans that are online do use the Internet for religious and spiritual information. So, exactly. yeah, they're missing people if they're not online. Yes, I'm missing a whole generation of people. Yeah. Now, uh, after the web presence, what's yes. next? What's next? Okay, confirm your interview. Confirm the time. Confirm the length of the interview. Confirm the time zone. I scheduled a, a show with someone. Their assistant called me 15 minutes before the show, and she was like, is this Eastern or is this – and I said, no, this is Eastern. She had given the guest her her boss the wrong time he's running through the airport trying to get to a phone to get to me because he thought he had another hour 
So confirm the time, confirm the time zone, and the length of the interview. Your interview may be on traditional radio, 7 to 10 minutes. But if you get booked on like a Michael Bayston show, you may be on for an hour, but he's DJing, playing music in between. Mm -hmm. He's taking guest calls. He's doing commercials. So confirm the length of time that you need to be available. Yes, yes, Confirm the call-in time. And the Um, call-in number. Yes, the call-in number. Thank you. If you're doing an interview in person, make sure you know where you're going. I did a little bit of radio radio in Richmond, um, and I had a guest who she came in like three to four minutes before we were going live because she she thought she knew where it was and she didn't know where it was. I'm stressing. She's stressing. And, you know, she's running in off the street to do an interview. So Mm -hmm. if you're doing an interview, you know, at a station, make sure you know where you're going. Wow, if you just joined Real Talk with Tanya White, we're talking to the sensational Chavette Mitchell, giving us some great nuggets on how to conduct a winning radio interview. Um, now, what's next? Web presence, confirmed time, we got all that. Yeah, as, as an author. Sh- okay. Yeah, I'm sorry, we're, go ahead. No, no, I, I think he was going to say something that was going to tickle my fancy. <laughs> I was going to say, make sure you listen to at least one of the host shows. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> listen to at least one of the shows of the host that you're, the show you're going on so that you know the flow of that person's show. Is it just straight talk? Do they have a lot of call-ins? Do they have a lot of interaction in the chat room? So that way you know if, they, if it's a host that has a lot of call-ins, then that means you're going to need to be extra on your game because you don't know what kind of questions exactly. are going to be coming at you as opposed to canned questions that you may have handed over to the host. So know the kind of the flow of the show. I know you might have had this, Charvette. <laughs> I get a lot of inquiries. I love to be yeah. on your show. Mm-hmm. And about 10 to 15% on there, after I ask them what their, you know, what's their, their, their pitch, you know, mm-hmm. what we're talk about, they ask me what my show's about. That's yeah. an immediate turn off to me. Because yeah. it automatically tells me that you it's not going to be a, a equal, balanced relationship. You just want yeah. to get on the show to promote something. You know nothing about me. I turn those folks off. I totally agree. I have. Um, I only do talk radio. I don't. You play a little bit of music, and that was some jazzy music at the beginning. I was like, oh, I'm feeling this. Uh, but I do. <laughs> I do very little music. I may do a snippet if I have a guest on. If I do music, it's because somebody is late and I'm trying to fill time. But the most part, I don't do music. It sometimes kind of ruffles my feather if I get an artist. I get artists who want to send me music and want me to play music on my show. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, you, you haven't even listened because I'm doing talk show. radio. So you don't even have any idea. Even if you listen to one of my shows, you would know, oh, she doesn't play any music. So, you know, yeah, definitely kind of know the flow of the host show before you send an inquiry. And we could do a whole nother show on the pitch part. That's that's a whole nother show. Yeah, that's a whole nother because <laughs> I have some horror stories just like I know you do. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness. And so, okay, so after you listen to the show, because <laughs> yes. I've had people, I'm very high energy, I'm very, I'm very love to have fun, I love to play music, yes. and I'll just come off the cuff. I send you, I send you a set of questions, but, mm-hmm. you know, if something just ignites in my spirit and I need to know, I'm just like that type of host. And so right. sometimes I have people who are very low, I mean, very low, and I'm thinking, we got to come up. (laughs) 
then this show is a fun show. We give good information, but yeah. then that tells me also that they have not listened and done their research. Yeah, very true. Very mm-hmm. true. So after web presence, confirmation, oh, right. what's yeah. So now it's time for the show. It's time for your interview. Um, if at all possible, call from a landline, and that mm. is a phone that hooks into the wall, if at all possible. And I realize that a lot of with the cell phones and Blackberries and all of that, a lot of people have, that's the only phone they have. They don't have a landline. But if at all possible, you're going to get the best sound quality from a landline, and that's, again, if you're doing internet radio or if you're calling into the Yolanda Adams show or Coco Brother or Michael Bazin or, you know, any of these other shows you may be pursuing, a landline is going to give you the best quality. Um, not on the speaker, not on a headset. Even if say you that have, one more time. Yeah, not on the speaker, <laughs> not on a cordless phone, not on a headset. Again, the you want the minimal sound disruption because, when people are listening, if it's staticky, if it's going crazy, they're going to, they're going to turn to another show. They're going to turn to the radio. They're going to turn. They're not going to listen. So you want to make sure that you can help give the best sound quality on your end. So if you have to use a cell phone, make sure you're in a quiet room, closed door, and that's that. Um, I had a, a show. Luckily, it was a panel with three ladies. One lady was on her cell phone in the car, and the call dropped. So she was gone. So, again, luckily I had – two other people I could carry the inter- interview on and talk to the other people until I saw her call back in. But what if that was Coco Brothers show and she was the only one talking? Or what if that was Michael Bazin or, you know, whoever, and you're on the cell phone and your call drops? And so. let me and, – and and this is this is my philosophy, and I'm trying to find a, a good way to, when people ask me, you know, advice on that. Uh, because a lot of people think just because you're not on Coco Brother, you're not on Tom Joyner or Michael Bazin, and your own blog talk that you can, you know, conduct yourself any kind of way. Or you don't have to be professional. You don't have to mm-hmm. call in on time. You don't have to do a lot. And I tell people, you act like if you were on one of those national shows. If You act like if you were on Oprah. Because before you get on those national shows, okay, you're going to, you know, whatever you've learned to do is what you're going to do. Well, you know, and that's unfortunate they think that way, and they are, are very mistaken because what they miss about blog talk is that blog, blog talk is virile. It lives. Your interview is on the web. So if you are trying to get booked for Oprah, you better believe her producers are Googling you, and your interviews on blog talk are going to come up. Yes. So if you did a shoddy interview with someone on blog talk, that's not going to help you in the future. And and her producers have said that over and over again, that they use, they found the little girl that sings that's from one of the Asian countries that Oprah is really, really pushing. They found her on YouTube. Uh-huh. So you, it, I don't care if the person has five listeners or 500,000 listeners. It is always a honor to be on anyone's show, and you should always be gracious. And what I found, Tanya, is that, the people that we look, the people that we look at that have aspired, the high, you know, profile people, they are very gracious. Yeah. Co-pastor Susie Owens, Dr. Cindy Trim, those people I've talked to, they are very gracious. Yeah. So you know, we need to take leads from from the people like that. And what and what I found out, especially when you, you interview people at a certain level, they are more humble. Yeah. Than. A lot of people that are just starting 
uh, yeah. and, and they're more excited too. Yeah. Um, and so yes, they're they're just like people, but you have to, yes, you have to watch, observe, and you know, sharpen your skills and learn what to do and what not to do. Yeah. So and the real know, talk with Tanya White. We're talking to sensational Charvette Mitchell. She's giving some winning nuggets on how to give a great interview. Go ahead, Charvette. I'm sorry. And I was going to say, you know, sometimes things happen. I'll give you a perfect example. I had uh, Marette Brown-Clark scheduled, and she's a Stella Award-winning um, gospel artist. Her song, you know, It Ain't Over, is all over. It's been over, the, you know, all over the, the, the charts. And I originally had her scheduled for one day. There was a mishap, and she missed the interview. And I just sensed in me, I was like, I don't think she would just blow off an interview. You know, I just right. felt that way. I didn't have any proof. She called me herself, and she said it was not the assistant's fault. The assistant had it on the calendar. I usually have a reminder. It didn't pop up. She was like, I'm calling. She called me herself and said, I apologize. If you will have me, I will come on whatever date you want to give me. Yeah. So things happen, but, again, people at those levels, if we learn from them, always just be gracious. So yeah. always be gracious. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a winning nugget. Be gracious. Mm-hmm. Be gracious. Wow. What other good nuggets you have? You are are you writing all this down in a book? <laughs> you know, I'll 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 just have, as people keep telling me, I have to see about the book. I'll have to see. Mm-hmm. I might have to. I'll have to see. We'll see. We'll see. Or audio form or something. <laughs> yeah, well, tell us seminars. Tell us seminars. Definitely, yeah. will be information will be coming out about my media coaching uh, for tele seminars. Okay. Um, so sound quality again. Speak loudly. Mm-hmm. Over pronunciate. Talk faster than you normally would because yeah. it's something about the way your voice transfers through the airwaves. Mm-hmm. You, if you talk regular, it's going to sound slower on the radio or on air. So speak loudly, over-pronunciate, talk faster. I was had a um, meeting with a young lady who's coming on my show in two weeks, and she wanted some tips, and I was telling her about this speak loudly, over-pronunciate, and she said, you know what, that is so true because – she had just done an interview locally at a radio station, and once she went back and listened to her interview, she was like, I was low. I didn't realize I was talking so low. And I was like, yes, you've got to speak up, talk louder. Be conversational. You know, this is a conversation, Tanya, so it shouldn't be like you're reading the answers right. to your pre-designed <laughs> questions. You yeah. may have them written down, but you don't want to read it. You want to be conversational, even if you are reading. Yes. And yes, and that takes practice, 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 people. Practice. Yeah, you got to practice that. You got to look in the mirror and have a conversation with your reflection, so that you can, you know, be comfortable <laughs> yeah. with that. Because you yeah. can't see the person, especially over over the phone. You can't see the person, because um, sometimes we, when we listen to people, we're trying to look at their face and their gestures. You, well, you can't do that over a phone interview. So you have to be. Uh, you have to, you know, be conversational and don't. Yeah, you gotta be. You gotta be interesting too. Let me add yes. that. Yes, <laughs> be boring. Be interesting. <laughs> laugh. It's okay to laugh. It's yeah. okay to be natural. Um, you know, it's it, all of that. The listeners pick up that enter, energy. They pick it up. So, and that's what what you want. A good host. You know, have you ever had those shows and you and you you finish your show and you're like, man, that was a good show, and it was just energy between you and the guest. Right. Love it. Like the Charvette Mitchell show. <laughs> Love that show that you can listen to every Tuesday at six o'clock p.m. Now, what's next? What? Okay, we're in the interview. Yeah. What? And, and you mentioned something that I never thought about this, because uh, you got to be on your A game, especially with 
radio shows that have callers. Yeah. What do you do uh, if you get stunned by a caller's question? What do you do? So I would would not lie. Okay. <laughs> I would not lie. I wouldn't make up anything. Um, I would say, you know, I thank them for calling in, um, appreciate their question, and I would, you know, be like, you know what, I don't know, but if um, you can get your information to the host, I'll find that answer or I'll, I'll get an answer to you through social networking media. So um, some tricks, you know, some people re- repeat or restate what the person has said to give them a second or two to think about it. But I think it's okay to, to say, hmm, I don't know, because people know that's like real time. So whatever you do, don't lie or, you know, make up stuff. Don't make up stuff. <laughs> yes, because people can read through the BS. Yeah. And so you don't you really don't have to know everything. People yeah. respect you more when you do say, you know what, I don't know. But let me I'm gonna find it out for you. And you know what, a good host will help with that. If yes. you're on a show with a good host, they'll they'll sense that that split second uh delay and they'll jump in and offer something. Because on radio, really you don't want any dead spots. So a good right. host will know if there's even a second or two delay to jump in and add some some extra commentary. Now let me let's talk about from the host uh, perspective. Yeah. Uh, what should a good winning host do before and during an interview? So a good host should definitely um research their guest. So going back to the web presence, checking out their website, looking at their bio if they have uh opportunity to have a copy of the book you know, checking that out, if it's a business, if it's an artist, kind of knowing um, their CD, what songs are out. So really researching the person online, look at their uh, social networking um, medias. Amazon.com is really good um, for book reviews, for authors. I've used a couple times in interviews, quoted a, a good book review from Amazon. So that kind of gave me some commentary for my show. Um a good host will have questions uh, kind of thought out that they're going to ask the person. Sometimes you may kick the questions over to the guest beforehand. I've noticed, um, i found that people that are used to interviewing, you don't have to send questions to them. But if you have someone that, you know, this is you, they're like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. You're my first interview. You may want to give them questions so that they are prepared. Because and, and, sometimes your mind just goes blank. So. Yeah. You know, so if it's a newer interviewee, I would give them some prep questions. Generally, seasoned people or celebrities or you know pastors and preachers, I found they always got a word. You know, they always can talk off the cuff. <laughs> so I, I usually hardly ever have any issues with pastors, preachers. You know that yeah. that realm. But if it's newer, a newer interviewee, give them some questions. Um, promote your show. You know, I would say you know definitely promote your your show if you're on Blog Talk. You know, get some intro music, some professional intro music. It doesn't cost as much as you think. Definitely check yeah. out Theo um, Blazing Productions. He does. It's called Radio Imaging, and basically intros. Some um, they call them bumpers, like before commercials, after commercials. Um, so if you want a more um, traditional sound in the sense of traditional radio, right. you can have that. Um, if you're not selling like advertising space, you can go on Google and look for. PSAs, public service announcements, and get MP3s downloaded from Google to give you, again, that radio sound. 
Wow, I so, didn't know that. Yes, Google. ma'am. Google okay. Public Service Announcement MP3s. You may have to look around, but I know I've gotten definitely one. Actually, I played tonight on um, the show that you were on. So um, I think about Peace Corps was a public service okay. announcement um, MP3 download. So intro music, outro music, those are not, I mean, expensive to have, and it'll just add that extra polish to your show. Yes, yes. So, um, when it goes back to those questions too, and I think when you grow as a host, you know mm-hmm. what works for certain people and what doesn't just by, you know, just talking to them or emailing them and doing your research. Yes. So, yeah, that that goes. So what? What? Let's talk about not so winning hosts. What do mm. they do? Um, you know, that <laughs> doesn't make a good interview. Not so winning. Yeah, I was, I, I was listening to someone. Um, they weren't on Blog Talk, but it was internet internet radio, and she was interviewing Master P, and it sounded like she was eating fried chicken and drinking a soda while she was interviewing him. And I yes. am not lying. <laughs> I don't know if she was eating or I don't know what was going on. But I'm like, you You are interviewing Master P. It was one of his books, and it was just very, like she hadn't even thought about what to ask him. She was like, so um, what's next? And so, like, she was thinking of every question, like, that minute. So I think, the you know, sum that all up, an unprepared um, host is probably the thing not to do, <laughs> is to not be prepared. Yeah. Be overly prepared too. Yeah, yeah. Be overly prepared and prepared, and I I learned to prepare prepare for the worst. What if uh I know first starting out as a radio host, some guests would not show up. Um, yeah. And uh, or they were running late, so mm-hmm. you have to always prepare, have those fillers, and uh, do what you need to do. So yeah. we talked about before. During any other things that a, a winning host should do during an interview, the host should be conversational too. Okay. Um, and the host shouldn't, even if the host has pre-made questions, they shouldn't read. <laughs> so the host mm-hmm. should be, even if they're sitting there looking at a page, it shouldn't sound like they're reading. It shouldn't yes. sound like they're reading. They should carry the flow of the interview. It, it shouldn't be a lot of dead spots. At all, it, it should the flow should continue. Even if people, if guests get stuck, the host should jump in, cover, say something, add something, go to commercial, do something, um, you know, to to keep the flow going. It, and that's especially um, important if you're taking callers. So if you have a caller that calls in, you don't know what they're going to say. So exactly. they could talk and talk and talk. They could go off on a tangent. So it's the host's responsibility to keep the show on track and on target. Yes, and and that goes to be, and you have to, as a host, you're going to have to multitask. Yeah, you, <laughs> you got the chat room, you got the phone line. Yeah, you have to multitask, and you so you have to be uh, very aware of that. Now we talked about before doing what should let's talk about the interviewee. What okay. should they do after? Great. Afterwards, you have had the pleasure of being on someone's show. Definitely thank them. That's you know common courtesy. Our moms and our dad taught us that when we grew when we were growing up. So whether that's an email or social networking, but make sure you thank the host. Um, you should also also 
post links to the to the actual interview on your website, on your social networking sites. Um, if it's inter, internet-based uh, radio, you definitely should do that because I would say about 75% of listenership takes place in the archive. So you want to promote the archive. That's like now a piece of product that you have. Um, in addition, if you put it, you need to put it on your website that, you know, appeared on the Tanya White show, appeared on the Charvette Mitchell radio show. And and you can put Internet radio or not, but media begets media. Yes. So if you're trying to get, you know, land, again, you know, on Oprah or The View or Good Morning America or all these places, they are looking to see what other media, media exposure you have and you have had in the past. So, Always don't do anything for free. I remember one professor in college said, "Don't do anything for free. Make it all oh, count." Oh, that's my motto. Yeah, make it all <laughs> count. Make it all count. So any shows you've been on, if you have the links, put it on your website. Again, that's great for Google. It, you're searchable, um, and update your bio um, to say what shows you've been on, what type of media coverage you have had, um, and even if you're in traditional radio, you can ask them to give you the MP3 file. You may need to check before the show to say, will I be able to get a copy of the interview? And then you can load that to your website as well. And one of those things about, uh, you know, promoting the show, when you've been on somebody's show and you promote them, I know as a host when I see that somebody has partnered with me and promoted to their base, I always want to have them back on. Absolutely. Yeah. And I look at that when I'm when you pitch me, when you send me an inquiry, I go look you up online and I go check out your social networking site and see did you promote any other, you know, shows that you were on cuz this is a give and give situation, right? A win-win situa- situation. We want more listeners and you want more exposure to our listeners. Mm-hmm. So we want exposure to different people. So, yeah, definitely um media is going to like that. Yes, yes. And so, yes, do that. Do it, do it, do it. Uh, What should the host do? Afterwards, the host should definitely um, be blasting it anywhere and everywhere online. Uh, And, again, I'm I'm gearing more towards Internet-based, but, um, uh, again, even Michael Basin has a podcast section, which is basically like we have for Blog Talk archive shows. Um, But put that online anywhere you have presence. Um, Twitter, MySpace, Facebook. I know some people are like MySpace is going out of is going out, but I consistently get hits on my MySpace blogs, and the only thing I post out there are about shows. So I wouldn't sleep on MySpace just yet. Um, e-blast, email. Hopefully, hosts have email campaigns using something like Constant Contact or some other email, structured email format, you can send out nice emails that have pictures and things. You can say, you know, here, did you miss any shows? Here are some featured shows. So your shows, again, are almost like a product. You always, you know, people can always go back to them. And that's the great thing about what we do, Tanya, as far as Internet radio is that I interviewed uh, Thelma from Good Times, Bernadette Stannis, like, June 2008, I still get hits on that show. I still can send somebody back to listen to that, whereas if I was in traditional radio, I could say, yeah, I interviewed Thelma in June 2008, and that's the end of it. Yes. Yes, yes. Um, Yeah, I have – and I go look, and that's another point of a good host. You have to, you know, research what's going on, what, what topics of your show, if you're on blog talk, are people really going back to listen to. 
Yeah. And that helps me to give the people what they want. Yeah. I totally mm-hmm. agree. Yeah. And then and so when you have uh you can either have those guests back or talk about similar topics and and then more people will tune in live, especially once they listen to the archive. Yes. Uh, they will turn tune in live. This is awesome information if you just joined Real Talk with Tony White. We're talking to Charvette Mitchell. She has been giving winning winning nuggets of wisdom about how to do a fantastic interview. What anything else that we should know from a host standpoint, an interview interviewee standpoint that will help us to and let's talk about to get the interviews that we want cuz I talked a little bit about when people contact me uh, mm-hmm. they, they don't pitch <laughs> their <laughs> ideas of why they want to be on my show well. What are some tips for pitching uh, and, and and I do know this, you don't, unless it's stated, and that goes back to your research, mm-hmm. you need to find who the producer of the show is, not yeah. the host. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point for especially a lot of the, the traditional radio. A lot of the Internet radio, the host may be the producer as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yes, you're right. Um you know what I found? If you just come out with your request, you know, I'm an author. I have a new book out. I'd like to, love to come on your show, talk about X, Y, Z. Thank you, you know, for your consideration. That is, to me, a good pitch. I don't like when, like I've had people, um, I'm on Facebook. Let's take that for example. A chat will pop up. It'll be somebody I don't know. Hi, how are you? I'm fine. Oh, I hate those. <laughs> It's um you you have a great show. No no they'll talk about other stuff and then I'm kind of like where is this going? Then maybe a little bit further down they're like oh you know we should connect um um how do I get on your show? So I'm kind of like I rather you just come out like and say that first instead right. of kind of like tiptoeing around the daisies. I rather I think people appreciate just coming right out and giving your request right away. Right. No, none of the other stuff because it's kind of misleading. I've even had people who reached out and asked questions about my web design service, but they actually really wanted to just be on the show. Oh, so I that's that. a little tacky too. Yeah, just be truthful. Guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Come straight to the point. Uh, do it with tact, but yeah, I hate that. Yeah, if you do that to me, and I hate those pop ups on IM. Uh, <laughs> and what's even more nerve wracking, Charvette, is when they pop up. And they just, there's no how. How can I get on your show? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. First of all, who are you? <laughs> well, let me tell you, I had someone that I knew. This guy I knew had written a book. And at the time when I was on um, radio locally in, in the city of Richmond, um, I was only interviewing web design clients because I had set the show up that way and I wasn't on that much. So he was not a web design client. So originally I was like, well, I, I really don't have a spot for you because I'm only doing clients. But this was his pitch. When am I going to be on your show? <laughs> Literally, that was what he said. So then I told him, you know, the things. Then about a year later, I got on Blog Talk. You know, I expanded my, my reach and all of that. Another email. When when you going to get me on your show? So I was like, you know what? I, let, I know him. Let me just go ahead and schedule him. I scheduled him. He sent me his his book wasn't even on sale online anywhere. He yeah. And do you not know he was a no-show for the interview? Wow. Did not show. So 
And I was like, I was trying to give the benefit. I was like, something had to happen and blah, blah, blah. I sent an email the next day, like, you know, just checking in. Did, was there a conflict? You know, did I give you the wrong number? He was like, oh, you know, some things went on on the home front, and I just I didn't have time to call him. Oh, I forgot my something. goodness. After he harassed me for two years about being on the show. So that's kind of like war stories. That's not that's that's the exception, not the rule. I have generally people that approach me are very gracious and cordial, send me what I need. So I get a lot of great – I have too many. You know, I'm picking, you know, who to put on the show. It's not that – anybody's book or project or anything is not good. It's just usually I'm just trying to figure figure out where I can put you in or what matches with your subject topic and all of that. So, yeah, that's more of a nightmare story then. But most of them are really good stories. Yes, and, and, and as you can see, if you listen to the Charvette Mentor Show on Tuesdays at 6 p.m., she does have a wealth of uh, and a variety of guests on, and she has the best of the best. Now, Shavette, our time is quickly coming gone. Oh, This yeah. has been phenomenal. Uh, last quick nuggets of wisdom for uh, the interviewee, uh, because, you know, a lot of people want to get on shows. They want to promote themselves. Last quick mm-hmm. question. Um, yeah, be authentic. Be conversational. Be engaging. You know, those be authentic, be conversational, and be engaging, and have your web presence together. And you'll be good to go. Have it tight so you can be yeah. right. You yes, have been ma'am. sensational, Charvette. Thank we you for having it. me. I greatly appreciate it. I do not take it lightly. We're going to have you back because we need to delve into a lot more. Since I know you're a media coach now, you're going to be my media expert. When we oh, do wow. Things. Okay. <laughs> thank All right. you. Well, thank you so much. You have a fantastic night, and we'll follow up with you later. All right. Thank you, and congratulations on your new book. Thank you. All righty. If you just joined Real Talk with Tanya White, that was sensational Charvette. She gave some winning nuggets of wisdom on how to conduct a winning uh, interview, radio interview. Now we're set for the dynamic Dewan Abrams. She has a new book called My Mother's Child, and uh, we're going to have her boast about her book. And I think this is a first time on the Real Talk with Tanya White show, but I know it's not going to be her last. So welcome to Real Talk with Tanya White, Mr. Juan Abrams. Hello, Ms. Abrams. How are you? I'm terrific, Tanya. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Well, thank you for being on, and thank you for rearranging your schedule. to come No in. problem. Anything for you, Tanya. Oh, <laughs> girl. Now, listen. Tell us who Dewan is. We want to get right into it, because I want to talk about my mother's child. I love the title. I love the picture. But I want thank people you. to know who you are. Wow. Okay. Well, I have a six-year-old daughter. So I'm a mother first, and then I'm a writer, and amongst other things, I am a publisher. Um, let's see here, a freelance editor, and just try to be an all-around, well-balanced, good person. So that's who I think I am. And, and of know, course, a child of God. A child of God. And doing that, that takes a lot of energy. Now, Absolutely. you you have a, a new book out, and we're going to talk about your first two books, Divorcing the Devil and Married Strangers, correct? Correct. But this, My Mother's Child, uh, the cover is just, you know, intriguing. The title. Thank you. Is alluring. <laughs> what, I appreciate what is this that. about? What is this about? Wow. Well, just to get back to that cover, it's funny that you said that because when my publisher initially presented the covers to me, I was not feeling any of them. 
And so I went to my husband, he's a graphic designer, and I told him, I was like, I need some help with this. Can you pick out a good cover? And I told him what the book was about. And when he came up with the cover, I immediately knew that this was Lyric Stokes. I was like, I love this. And when I presented it to my publisher, they were like, okay, that's the one. So we used that cover. And when I got my author copies in the mail from the publishing house, when I saw the cover, I almost cried. Now, mm-hmm. My Mother's Child is my fifth book, but it is the one that is right now is my favorite. And mm-hmm. the cover, I absolutely love that more than any other. So I nearly cried just looking at that cover. Listen, I, I, I love that. I, and uh, I was like, what is this book about? First yes. of all, My Mother's Child. Uh, right. Something that's like, what are you talking about, my mother's child? Now, who <laughs> is the central character in this book? That's a good question. Okay, well, this is a standalone sequel to my book, Divorcing the Devil. In Divorcing the Devil, the readers got a mention of a character by the name of Nigel, but only by name only. And I had people tell me, I flipped through that book, and I was like, how did I miss Nigel? And I went back and reread it and all of this. And I was like, no, that was very deliberate. You only met Nigel once, and it was at a very deliberate point in time because Nigel was going to be a central character in a different book, and that was My Mother's Child. Well, in this book, Nigel is a deranged stalker, and you learn all about his past. You learn about where he's been, where he's going, and how he's terrorizing different people. And he happens to come across a young woman by the name of Lyric Stokes. And Lyric is a woman who is seems to have it all on the surface. She's got this great husband. She's got this life would seem like it's charmed for her. But Lyric has a lot of deeper issues. And the way that it ties into being my mother's child is because her father did something that was really horrific, and Mm -hmm. she had a hard time letting it go and forgiving him. And when she reconnected with her father again, he was talking to her and was telling her how much she reminded him of her mother, and she was like, because I'm my mother's child. And it kind of stems from that. Mm. But it's a lot of internal conflict going on with this character and a very surprised um, outcome, a lot of twists and turns, and it really goes down to being careful about what you ask for because you just might get it. It's really um, a lot of the situation regarding her and her past relationship with her parents, but now she has children of her own and that even stems deeper where the question of my mother's child will be asked as well because her sis her daughter says it to her at some point too Mm. well you said stalker yes uh, which you know and that's that is an issue that is really rampant nowadays right i think with the economy you know with the economy out a lot of people are doing things that they don't normally do and we're trying to gravitate and be connected with people because the economy there's loss of hope but that issue of stalking is taken too lightly right and and a lot of women you know they know the signs know the signs but still gravitate towards that stalker why do you think i don't know if you address this in your book but why do you think women do that they um they settle and tolerate a lot of stalker behavior? Now, that's a very good question. Um, I think that a lot of it has to do with 
the way the guy makes you feel if it's a guy stalking a woman it's almost like wow i can't believe this guy cares this much about me i can't believe that he loves me like that or any of those things that will make a person feel when they're already going through something like i can't believe i brought this out of that person and i'll give a perfect example is um when i was a teenager i had a boyfriend who was a cop and i lived on a military base my parents were military well, I didn't know what a real stalker was, but he turned out to be one, and it really blew me away because I thought, how can he be a stalker? And he would always say how much he cared about me, how much he loved me, and he would show up at the most unlikely places, and if he saw me talking to another guy, he would get so jealous to the point of, at the time, I didn't think of it as abuse, but now that I look back, he would be abusive. You know, like he, I would drive in my car and he would follow behind me, almost running me off of the road and just doing all sorts of really crazy things. But at the time, I thought, wow, this guy must really be crazy about me. What did I do to make him, you know, really care about me on this deep of a level? Because a stalker can make you think it's love until you recognize that it's not love, but it's actually crazy. It's crazy. And you're right. We got love turned inside out. Exactly. Uh, because we've lived in dysfunction for so long, we don't know what functional is. And um, and so we think that dysfunction, that's normal. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah stalk, stalker, and, and it's not just teenage girls. It, it's grown, full grown women who are settling right. and, and really uh, putting themselves in danger. Now, what was your inspiration for tackling such a, you know, a tough topic? <laughs> Well, actually, I've, I have a very deep fascination with things that are bizarre, and I just like weird situations. So stalkers just fascinate me, and getting into the mind of a stalker was really even more fascinating for me, and it took me to a deeper level. But at the same time, I'm a person who watches horror movies and things like that. So I already like things that are a little more twisted. So when I write, there's always going to be some drama and some twists and turns and unexpected outcomes. You won't be able to predict any so of you're, it. So you're the person who likes uh, watching Lifetime Movie Network. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that you said that. Getting ideas. I know, right? <laughs> yes, yes. And, and that's pretty mild. My mom's a Lifetime fanatic, but I do watch some Lifetime, and i like, okay, that's a cute little story or whatever. But, <laughs> but yeah, their little themes are cute. Wow. If you just join Real Talk with Tanya White, we're talking to Dewan Abrams. She's talking about her new book, My Mother's Child. Now, readers will pick this book up. They'll read about the the, the character, and the character's name is Lyric? Yes. Okay. When they're reading this, what three themes are you hoping that they get out of this? Are life lessons? Life lessons. Um, one is wait on God, and even though that He's not, you may not get an answer right when you want it. His uh, delays are not His denials. The other thing is, be careful what you ask for, and be sure that you really know what you're asking for, because. We've heard it said that God has a sense of humor because he'll give you what he wants, but it won't be the way you wanted it or the way that you expected it to be. Mm-hmm. You'll get it. So that's the other thing I would want them to walk away with. And finally, I would want them to walk away with um, forgiveness that we have to do it. It's wow. not optional. It's required. It is required. Wow, my goodness. Those are some <laughs> heavy things. Those are some heavy things. Thank uh, you. Now let's talk about your other previous books, best-selling book, 
Made yeah. Strangers, and I think I talked about, I love that title as well. Thanks. Briefly tell us what that is about. Um, Married Strangers is a book about three different couples at three different stages of their relationships. You have one that's newly married, and they're suffering from some physical incompatibilities. Then you have another couple who's newly engaged, and they're still on that perfect honeymoon romantic stage of life. Then you've got another couple who has been married for some years, and they're more seasoned, and they're going through their marital issues, financial problems, temptations and all the things that couples experience, especially when they have children involved and how some of the romance can be gone and just things of that nature. So it touches on all of that. But what I like about Married Strangers is that it gives you the introduction into the characters, but it's not their final story. It doesn't go too deep into their particular situations because all of the couples in those books, in that particular book, will end up having their own story at a later date, like book number two in the Married series, will be coming out in 2011, and that will focus on the couple that was engaged, but now they're married, and they have a lot of trials that they have to overcome and that married people deal with, and so now the fairy tale is over. Mm. Yes, the and so fairy they, tale. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes, indeed. And then the final installment of the Married series will be um, coming out in 2012, and that will focus on the interracial couple who were having physical incompatibility problems, and now we will go deeper into their situation. Wow. Now, you said two things I love, interracial, <laughs> you know, because mm-hmm. we, we still have a taboo about that, but I'm right. very much a proponent of that. And then you said 2012. Mm-hmm. That means you're right. a planner, Dewan. <laughs> well, thank you, Tanya. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people think that writers, they just write, and have right. no plan of action. Wow. Uh, and so how, let's go there. How important it is for what advice would you give to a, a writer, aspiring author uh, about their planning? Because I tell people all the time, I do have projects planned out, not, right. you know, to 2012. I've got those Absolutely. planned out. How important is that? It is extremely important. I would tell writers that if you can, Try to write series because, you know, things that deal with sequels and series, and the reason for that is because it will keep you with fresh ideas. The characters are already familiar to you, so you should know them well enough that you can write something that your readers will want to read, and you've already received feedback from your readers anyway telling you that they how they feel about these particular characters. So that will also help you if you're writing for a mainstream publishing house like I do. It will help you to be able to pitch your books to your editor, and then they will be able to spot you for the years to come. So for me, um, when I first wrote, like, Divorce and the Devil, I already had the sequel in my mind. Mm-hmm. So it was easy to pitch that. And so the same thing with Married Strangers. It was like, okay, um, I got these three couples here, so that could be at least two or three more books yeah. based on these couples. So I would say get involved in writing series for sure. And the other thing is just really when you're developing your characters, always leave it open-ended so that even if you didn't think that you wanted to come back with a sequel, there can be an opening so that it's not so everything is so nice and neatly wrapped up and closed up that your your readers are like, okay, well, it's done with that. Make your readers want you to write more and let them compel you to write more mm-hmm. about those characters because they don't want to let them go. Wow. Amazing strategy. Amazing strategy. I mean, that is that is so true. You have to first. You got to plan. You have to have your your uh, thing, uh, your, your life, your writing life mapped out. 
Right. And then I sure. love the intertwine. And, and what I'm hearing is, don't stress yourself out. You have, right. you know, you have good stuff that you can right. build upon. Exactly, exactly. I mean, it's nice to write, you know, new novels and all of that good stuff, and I do do that as well. But at the same time, what I have learned is that just from the feedback that I get from my readers when they send me emails, and they're like, you know, I really um, enjoyed that. I want to know more about this person or any of that. That opens the door for me. All it takes is one person to tell me they want more, and I will start working on it as soon as I finish whatever I'm doing. So, yeah, that type of stuff, we can't write ourselves into a corner where we can't get out of. We have to leave at least a little something open to keep it moving. Girl, you didn't say keep it moving. (laughs) Keep it moving on to the next one. You have been sensational. Thank you. Abrams, give us your contact information where we can purchase these phenomenal books. Thank you very much. Um, Let's see here. My books right now are available on Black Expressions. If anybody belongs to Black Expressions Book Club, they can get it that way. Of course, they can get it online through the Amazon and um, Barnes and & Noble and all of those books, a million, and everywhere online. They can also get them from their local booksellers. Um, the, my books are available at Barnes & Noble, Borders, Walden Books. Um, in Alabama, I know it's uh, Books a Million. I've heard that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, I've had people tell me that they've seen my books in uh, Walmart and uh, Target. And I've even seen my own books in Kroger. So <laughs> they're, they're, they're pretty widely available. Okay, okay. Wherever books are sold. So if you don't see it there, go and request it. But for sure, you should see it in the bookstores. Go request it. Support DeWine Abrams. The book sounds sensational. Thank you, and they uh, and can now, also visit me on my website, too, at www.dewineabrams.com. Yes, do that. Now, listen, I'm going to go get this book now that I know that you are. You have a twisted <laughs> mind. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. It's too funny. I get that at book club meetings a lot where they're like, okay, all right, did you have to be a little bit touched to write that, especially <laughs> Divorcing the Devil? <laughs> oh, my indeed, indeed. Well, listen, you have been a joy. We're going to follow up with you later, get you back. Any other projects coming out in 2010 for you? Uh, yes, I actually have an ebook that will be released in the next few weeks, actually. It's dealing with um, starting your own pu- small press publishing house. Wow. Yeah, we need you back for in April. <laughs> We're having our writing series, I believe, in April, and we would definitely request you back for that. Well, thank you. I would love that. I would definitely love to be a part of that, especially since on the separate side of the house, I have a a small press publishing house called Nevia Publishing that I'm the founder of, and we have um, 10 fiction titles coming out this year and two nonfiction titles coming out. And so my authors, um, I definitely... Did you say 10 titles? Yes, (laughs) ma'am. You are every woman. Thank you. Thank you. You know, you got to keep it going because I write full time. That's my job, so... Yes, indeed. So the publishing house keeps me pretty busy when I'm not writing for my own deadlines. But, yes, I don't publish myself, but I do publish other people, and we're accepting submissions for 2011. So I would love to be back to talk about writing. Yes, we're definitely going to put you down and get you on board. If nothing else, we have learned so much about My Mother's Child, which is available everywhere books are sold. And so we're going to follow up with you later, and we wish you much success. Thank you, Tanya. Twist your mind, girl. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that, and good luck with everything you're doing. I had a fantastic time on your show, and um, congratulations on your book. Well, thank you so much. You have a wonderful night. Thank you. You too. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Wow, listen, Charvette and Dewan were amazing. Uh, you need to get uh, my mother's child. Get it, get it, get it now. If you're on the Real Talk with Tanya White show page, I think it's uh, scrolling across there. Get it now. Charvette gave us some sensational radio media nuggets to follow. Have a good web presence, you guys. Confirm the time, uh, the length of the show, phone number. Talk loudly. That's what I need to work on. And talk a little bit faster. And for host, do your research and then promote, promote your shows. Wonderful information. We thank Dewan and Charvette for day two of our Girl You Can Win week. We're celebrating Women's Month. We're having extra shows. Our normal showtime is on Thursday nights at 7 p.m., but this week we're having shows Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Last night we had Layla Hathaway, R&B songstress, and Michelle McKinney-Hammond, best-selling Christian author of 30 books. Listen to those archives. Tonight we had Charvette Mitchell, Dewan Abrams. Listen to the archives if you missed anything. Tomorrow we're going to have British Hill. She's going to talk about why every woman needs a life coach. And then we're going to have Kendra Norma Bellamy, and she's going to talk about her new book, 15 Years. Thursday, we have Allison Bird, and we're going to close out Girl You Can Win week. Get Girl You Can Win, the 10 Highly Essential Habits of a Winning Woman, my brand-new book uh, at Amazon.com. If you get it at TanyaWhite.com, and Tanya is T-A-N-Y-A, White is in the color.com, we will give you a free download of an inspirational a talk I gave about it's worth the fight. So, but you have to order tonight by midnight. That is the free release reward uh, special for today. Listen, I have had a ball tonight. I've learned a lot. And listen, if you learn nothing else, you have to do your research. You have to develop a web presence, and you got to have a plan, as the wine says, if you want to be a winning woman, a winning writer or give a winning radio interview. I love you guys. We're going to close out with our theme song for this week. It's Christina Aguilera, and she's talking about I'm here to stay. It's like I'm not going nowhere. I'm going to do what I'm going to do, and that's what you need to do if you're going to be a winning woman. you got to be determined that you're going to be here to stay wherever you are. I love you guys. Tune in tomorrow at 7 p.m. instead of 8, and then... We're going to talk about why you should need a coach. Talk to you later. (laughs) 